Welcome to the Searching for Meaning podcast. My name is Gonzalo, and I'm joined by my brother, Tiago. Welcome. Greetings. And in today's episode, we're going to do the book review of Deep Work by Cal Newport. And to maybe give you, a, starting with an overview of what even deep work is, um, putting it in my, in my own words after reading, I would say it's long periods of time of uninterrupted work without distractions. And not only, you know, not only uninterrupted in the sense of, you know, uh, in the sense that for, you know, four or five hours of interrupted work, but periods of time where you're not, you know, going on Instagram or going on Facebook or um, even allowing yourself to, to dwell into these distractions. And he gives the example of um, like people going to cabins in the woods, like Bill Gates does that every, every year, every some years. Um, a lot of writers do that to like to isolate themselves to find these spots. And for me, it was just one of those things that um, I noticed the benefits of deep work, but never before consciously. You know, I kind of by accident did it in some occasions, but it was yeah. never something I was like, or not conscious to the point of like, okay, this is for deep work. Um, and I think a book that also touched on this was the the war, uh, the war of art. War of art yeah of Stephen Pressfield. Uh, the same thing he talks about, like of having these rituals to get to your work, to focus a lot on it. And this is just, I'd say a more scientific expanded on that kind yeah. of subject. I said this was more in depth on, on the topic itself. And actually like a, a bit of background, I was the one that chose this book and I actually did it because this is, this is one of the things I struggled the most with, mm -hmm. but just by the title of the book, when I saw it like deep work, it's one of those things which I feel it is very difficult for most people, and especially for me, you know, just to sit down and have those long periods of kind of flow state. And and, and it's like, I think it, that comes easier for some people, but I think a large part is just because of the environment we we set up for ourselves, like we, like you said previously, about the, all the social media we use, Instagram yeah. and Facebook. It's just constant distractions and... And, you know, until you make it conscious, I feel most people, I think I think there are like some people like kind of like the obsessive creative types, they sometimes can get in that flow state just because they really love something that yeah. much. But I think for the rest of us normies, we just, we really need to make those, set up those boundaries and those rules or else you'll never find time to, to really get, to put in the, the work that really makes the difference. And so I guess this is kind of the, the manual for that uh, and... Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think diving into the, the book, and I think I'd like to touch, first of all, on the consequences of not practicing it, that our, that, um, so our brain suffers from not, not only not being on, in deep work ever, but also from always being distracted. And it's crazy to think, but because we don't associate, you know, social media use or checking our email a lot of times or procrastinating in general to be this thing that will have long-lasting impacts on our brain. We just think it's like, okay, I don't like the consequences of it, but that's about it. But yeah. what he explains in the book and the research is that, so for example, the way our brains learn and the way, for example, um, for example, an athlete or a guitar player, this is the best example I can give. When he's practicing the, like a song, the way your brain fires, it's that this connection is fired the more you do it. And surrounding this, um, how do you say? I don't know the concrete word like surrounding the, the pathway to this connection gets stronger and stronger so that the more you do it, 
the faster this connection is. So that's why, for example, the better a guitar player is, he's not even thinking about anything. He knows any, everything that comes after in his solo or whatever. Now, the thing is, if you're not only focused on one task, that fire from your neurons is not only, it's not like just direct to it. It's like, okay, that, but then Facebook as well, and then email. So you're never really developing that strength around it to be able to be, to get faster and faster. And not only that, you're you're increasing or uh, fortifying the one that's getting distracted. So like, you know, it's habit. The more you do it, the more you're going to do it and the harder it is to stop. So the more you get distracted, the more you do this, um, you know, not deep work, the harder it is to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the, like, the, the things that kind of had an impact on me when, when he said it in the book that he really even reviewed like a study showing how, how it had long-lasting impacts, the fact mm-hmm. that you were always like alternating with distractions. And it's kind of fucked up because the way he explains it, it's like, it's like we have these muscles of attention. And it's the same thing as when you go work out your muscles, you know. If you don't use them, you atrophy and you lose muscle. It's the same thing with your attention muscles, quote-unquote. You know, if you don't practice uh, full in-depth attention in your life, you eventually lose the ability to do it. And that's something I think people don't think about. I think we just look at those kind of like, let's say, the like those uh, people that are really able to focus on something, you know, like those famous sports people, like you look at Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, and and maybe some writers, some famous writers. And people just, I think they automatically assume it's something that's like genetic, you know, they are able to do that (laughs) ever since they were were a child. And that's, I believe that's, I mean, there's some part of that that's true, but most of it is like they put in the work, the deep work that allowed them to develop that attention musculature that now allows them to be so in-depth in whatever they do, you know. And most people don't have that. And that's that's why it's like a, a big disservice we do to ourselves when we say, it's just that that's that's someone that that's some that person has something that I don't have like genetically. Mm-hmm. Like when you say like for example you did this a lot in like music when someone like plays the guitar well we automatically go to like yeah it's like a he has an ear for music you know and that's kind of like bullshit yeah maybe you're like naturally inclined to it but you still have to put in the work we all do some more than others and I think that when we when we just blame it on like you know genetic or, or stuff like that's a big disservice and what i want to go with this is also that uh in the uh, like we, we were talking about previously on the pathways and the the so basically when you do deep work it's like you can get there faster and we hear that a lot in martial arts i remember on, on, when we were training jiu-jitsu a while back they even said you know like the the point isn't for you to have to think about the next move you know it's for you to just do the next move without yeah. thinking yeah. And that's something that only comes with like these deep work practices. Yeah, and it's so good you touched on that because, yeah, that's probably the best like real life example, or in a more you know practical situation. Because, and now like giving my personal example, I see because I have this very the big tendency to get obsessed with something, and until I solve this problem, I don't stop. And the thing is, when I get into th- those states. The, the negative is that my life is miserable until I, I achieve it because I'm, I, it's like I can't even sleep properly until I solve this. But the benefit is that I'm always in deep work. I'm always kind of searching for that and there's no distraction that will kind of stop me in that way. And I notice that the, res, the, the actual results of those times are much higher, like much higher than they should ever be in that short amount of time. And that just shows to me that it's not a, a, a question of 
you know, it is about reps, repetitions, but it's quality repetitions. It's not, you know, just fucking around. And you can, for example, if you're improving in, let's say, or just studying for an exam. If you're every five minutes, you're checking Instagram, you're not learning anything for the most part. You're just reading shit that's gone because you're in the back of your mind. You're always like, oh, let me check Instagram. You're not like putting the one, two hours straight that are needed to really and understand. That's like not a ridiculous example at all. You know, most of my friends, that's the way they study. You know, I, I've, I've been with, with their, like at their houses studying. Yeah. And I, can, I can tell, you know, every 10 minutes, five minutes, they're checking their phone, you know, and that's just a, that's normal nowadays, you know, because I think it goes uh, into what he said in the book that we don't have that capacity to resist distractions, you know. Yeah. That's, they're so much so present and we've grown with them to a point that it's like even when you're trying to study, you have to like have this, like this, this weird, uh, like if you, if you like it, it, smartphones are such a weird thing, you know. If there were anything else in the world, it's like imagine you just have this block of, of like of light that's emitting some sounds and you're like really ooh look at that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have a break now <laughs> yeah it's it's like a, a like it's such a, that's why I chose this book man it's like something that mm-hmm. affects me so much and I know it it's at this point it's yeah. universal you know it affects everybody almost and it's crazy how how we, it doesn't get talked about enough you know in school I always go back to school because like in school no one teaches you how to study you know how to get into a focus state that makes it like more productive yeah and also i think always especially because um i feel like there's two types of people there's the ones who kind of procrastinate a lot and they don't really do anything they struggle to even start and then there's the ones who they do stuff but they're always doing they're they're always busy but they're never doing the important things they're never or even if they're doing they're always you know like delaying or distracting themselves um, I know that because like now I've been having a lot of calls for the mentoring program just for people, you know, one to join. And a lot of them, it's it's either the first one or it's a, a big struggle to start and to even, you know, discipline yourself in that first step. Or the ones that are, they feel like there's never time because they're busy with shit that doesn't matter. And that to put it, you know, because if you're always busy, you could never have time to see what really matters. If you're every moment of boredom, you're like, oh, let me check my phone. Um, like today I was on the train, uh, it was a short ride, like 40 minutes. And I was like, I can go to my phone right now, but let me, you know, just be with myself. And there's some stuff I need to solve in my mind. Let's see if, you know, it gets clearer just by not distracting myself. And you know, guess what it does, because it's almost like when you focus on things, (laughs) it's, it's easier to find a solution. And it's, it's crazy. Like it's crazy how, and Surprise. it's so surprising to me that since I've started prioritizing my weeks and planning my weeks, it's crazy to see how, how poor everything was before due lack of planning. Because when I didn't plan, I was completely at the mercy of whatever I felt doing at the time. I was like, ah, I feel like, should I study? Yeah, should I work? It's whatever. When you, when you do and you set these things and you, you know, going into deep work, when you plan for deep work, it becomes much easier because if you're just like you wake up and you're like yeah today i'm gonna deep work it's like no you're not probably if you if you're not in the habit of doing it how like how are you gonna approach it what are you gonna do to get into that state you know it's that's actually a good point that he also makes in the book you know he first of all he explains the importance of deep work but he he doesn't settle with that because he knows that it's not enough for people like i think most people get the concept of deep work and like agree that it's valuable yeah. but that's not why they don't do it you know they, they don't do yeah. it because 
it's like they don't have the systems, the strategies in place. It's like most of, it's like uh, you were talking about this previously on a, I don't know if it was here or on a call. I picked it up somewhere, but you were talking about like, uh, everyone has the same goals, you know? That's not yeah. what distinguishes successful yeah, people. Yeah, uh, winners and losers have the same goals. Yeah, that's it. You know, and that's completely true, you know, because and it makes sense. Like, you only have to think about it for like one minute, you know? Everyone wants to be rich and famous, but no one, almost no one is rich and famous, but the goal is the yeah. same. So you you have to understand that the, the goal isn't what's differentiating people, you know? It, I think it's something that needs to be there, but it's highly overrated. The, the thing that gets really underrated is the systems and the strategies that you put in place daily yeah. into your life, the, the, the environment you create around yourself that allows you to get into those goals. And that's the boring work that no one wants to do. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's like, it's boring. I feel like it's boring in theory, but in practice, it's very rewarding. Mm -hmm. You know, I notice in writing, when I'm really focused writing and I'm, I get an article that I'm, I'm proud of, there's no fulfillment like that. It's like the Zima Blue, the episode from a show we really like. It's a simple task well done. Like simple tasks well done give great pleasure to the human human creature. It's it's yeah, just that's, that. It's like, uh, that's, that's true, you know. Even talks about you, that in the book. It's so and the, so the I feel like the hard part in all of this is just simplifying shit because it's very easy to complexify everything and to like oh deep work and the connection from the neurons. In practice, it's not it's yeah. not that complex. But it's hard. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's more, it's like, how do I remove distractions? And how do I slowly, progressively get myself into that state? Now, he talks about, and it's, there's, you know, there's several approaches. The more long-term is like you start building these habits and start limiting your environment for the environment actually to promote that. But you can also do like, like I told in the beginning, like Bill Gates does, writers do, where you have periods of deep work, where you rent a cabin in the, in the woods mm -hmm. and you just go there. Yeah, you get several options you inside that Do shelter. whatever it is. Yeah. And to be honest, I feel like it really depends how your life looks at the moment. Yeah. Like most people can just rent a house in the, in the woods to write their book yeah. for the most part. But, you know, but everyone can implement the strategies to, at the very least for that your work hours are more productive that you do more in less time kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a, a universal skill, you know. Everyone values that skill. The, the ability yeah. to do more work in, in less time. Uh, not only is it valuable for the people that are employing you or for your, or especially for yourself, you know. You want to yep. use your time the best way possible. And, and even because of that, because by being productive, you have time for the things that really matter, you know, you, you put your house in order, being like a, a bit Jordan <laughs> Peterson. <laughs> and and then you have time for the things that matter, you know. How many people do I know that, like, they have these hobbies? They Even when I ask them, like, so what do you do for fun? And they say, like, I play my guitar, I, I read books, I, I go swimming or something like that. And then I ask them, how often do you do that, you know? Most people, it's not that often, despite that being the things that they really like. I, those are the things that, like, maybe get them into a flow state. But still they most people don't do those things and i think that's what we we're talking about previously you know it's boring to set up the, the strategies and the 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 environment around you but event it's the the, re the reward is the, what you really want you know but the, the thing yeah. is to to get to that point it's very uh difficult once you're getting out of the, like the the junk foods attention diet it's very it's a very difficult hump to get over it because yeah you feel like that there's stuff you really enjoy doing that you're not doing and you kind of don't want to admit to yourself why you're not doing them. And the reason is because you're spending all your time 
on Instagram and YouTube, and yeah. that, those are those are like those things are fun distractions once in a while, but they aren't contributing to a more fulfilling life, you know. And so that's what I guess that's what I think it's missing with most people. And it's actually something he talks about in the book, you know. It's be distracted, but be like not not be distracted. Be lazy. Yeah, be lazy. It's like allow yourself times where you aren't doing anything because we don't have that anymore. You know, yeah, we we yeah. are either uh, working or we are just like scrolling to some like form of social media that's very yeah. appealing, uh, in, uh, intensive attention, like uh, cap- captivates your attention like immediately. And we need those times where we're not like you just said in, in the train where you're thinking, just like walking yeah. or or sitting by your with your own mind and thinking that's how you like solve problems and find new interests you know absolutely and i remember now that you're talking about it i have this very vivid memory from when i was a kid before we had the internet before we had playstations before i mean we i say both of us not that these things existed yeah. but the periods where we didn't have these things i remember saying like at one point like to my father like i'm bored like saying, I have nothing to do, I'm bored, what do I do? And he's saying like, I don't know, just find something to do. And those moments, you're, it's like your brain is forced into a state that I, I don't remember the last time I said that, I'm bored. Because there's, now there's always something to do. And I remember before just laying, I remember this clearly. I, was, I had legs and shit, I was like, I'm, I'm tired of playing with all this. I remember just laying on the floor as, as like sun was hitting me and just laying there and just thinking. <laughs> and, and, for how silly that may you know sound, that shit is needed. Mm-hmm. And, and like then I was like what six years old, five years old. It's much as an adult that shit's much more needed because problems are much more complex. You know, problems go from how do I beat the Pokemon video game to you know how do I sustain myself, how do I find meaning in my life, what the fuck am I even doing here? Yeah. And if we never sit and consider these things, it's it's like the more you delay the harder it becomes because if you are on that social media diet and then you stop, you realize how fucking meaningless your life probably is at the moment if you've never considered it before. Mm-hmm. You're forced to look at something so painful that it can be much easier to just go back to what you, you were doing. It's like it's like that comfort is better than dealing with the reality that might move you forward so you just rather stuck there. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a difficult hump to get over, over through, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, I and think... The, we we noticed all those like uh, like it's like, that's a good argument you made like we don't say anymore that we're bored and that's kind of something that disappeared yeah like without, no one no one was, says I'm bored anymore. yeah no one says anymore but it kind of disappeared without us even noticing you know I, I don't like it's I I think you only notice that in the small things once in a while for example I remember going to the bathroom as a kid and just like l- looking at the floor and picturing like stuff in the tiles and, and like random yeah. faces and and. And I don't do that anymore, you know. That stopped existing. I don't know. At, at some point in my life, I stopped going to the bathroom just by myself and bringing my phone. And it's in those small things, you know. It's like when you were a kid and you said you, to your parents you're bored. Like when you went to the bathroom and you were bored and you like read the back of the shampoo or looked at the floor. Those things, man, it's like we need the, that mental space. And the argument he, he, he makes it was, some, was one I, that I, that I, I, I oh God, my voice that I had never heard before. He yeah. said basically that we need our unconscious mind to solve some of our problems. You know, problems that are more creative in nature and more like um, philosophically difficult. Mm-hmm. Many times you aren't going to get there with your conscious mind. You know, your conscious mind is is good for like concrete tasks. You know, 2 plus 2 is 4, uh, put this there, Tetris, you know. 
that's where your conscious mind really gets uh, a say in things. But mm-hmm. your unconscious mind it needs that ability to. You need that ability to just like relegate those problems to the unconscious mind, and that only happens when you aren't like thinking ab- absorbed in something. You know, when you are just yeah. sitting there or just walking or you're, you're doing something very monotonous. Yeah. And you know, and it, it's we need that. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, and I notice um, because it. <sighs> It's always it seemed crazy to me that a lot of the best advice of all time has been written already like thousands of years ago. And I think like, why has that been? Because since before there was literally, it was almost impossible to access information, new information. Like Socrates and these people and um, Aristotle's and all of them, they kind of had, had to solve it for themselves, everything pretty much. They had other contemporaries, but you couldn't just go on Google and Google, oh, what's the next thing that came out? You're very forced to just, you know, be in your own shit, kind of. Mm-hmm. But, but by that happening, and my argument is that they had no, like, very dopamine spike uh, attractions. You know, they had, <clears throat> they had other shit they could distract themselves with, but it wasn't as distracting. And so they were forced to be, you know, first of all, more in nature and more with themselves. And I think for these people who were actively in, in the search of something greater, that was the best thing they could have done. Like you go to all of these self-development books, all of this shit has been written before. You go to these old scriptures, that shit is always there and more, and said in less words, more focused. And so it's, to me, it just shows that that's the kind of what you can do when you apply deep work. A life of deep work is that what that looks like. Like Socrates, Epictetus, this, um, Marcus Aurelius, these people that we, you know, we admire now. They had no, nothing we, that we have now. They had literally no internet. Everything they knew was either from other people or from some books that there was in their city. That's it, for the most part. And and they came to these conclusions, These at least in philosophy, like universal truths almost. And I think that happened because they were very in touch with themselves. And they allowed, like I noticed, I noticed in myself, when I have a, a thing that I can't solve a problem, it's like I only solve it when I step away from it. And I'm maybe showering and, you know, like you said, the subconscious mind is working on it. Or you sleep and you wake up and yeah. then all of a sudden everything makes sense. And so it, to me, it just makes you wonder how much more we could achieve if we reduced all these temptations kind of thing in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, you, thought, you said it perfectly, you know, like, like when you go to sleep and you wake up with a, with a, like a solution to a problem, you know, yeah. that's, that's the unconscious mind working, you know. When you're asleep, that's like the most... A clear example of your unconscious mind working and it's kind of it's a, a difficult thing also for us to understand like, i guess logically because it's like you're relegating the, the problem to a, a part of yourself that you don't even control and, yeah. and i think that's kind of hard for us to to realize the benefits directly it's hard for us to cor- correlate like the, the unconscious mind with solving the problem you know it's something i, I think you only realize in small occasions like and big occasions in life where it's like very it's made clear for you but yeah that we that's like that poses a big question which is as all of this information that we have access to is it too much you know is it yeah. does it get to yeah. a point where we we need to shut ourselves out of, of things because there's just so much things going on around us so much stimuli you you can literally learn about anything you want on google you know yeah. and most, but the truth is, most people don't use Google for that, you know? No one uses <laughs> yeah, it's Google. crazy. Like, like 99% of people use it to, to, to search videos, 
uh, famous people's profiles and cat videos, you know, and and so you, you really need, we need to think about the the benefits that like internet has brought us, but has it really brought us that much benefits? Because most of the benefits that it brings, most people don't use them, you know. People just yeah. use the negative aspects of it, and that that is that being the time-consuming nature of, of internet, the ability it has to kind of put a plug on that boredom hole that you have inside of you. And it, yeah. it can do that for a while, you know, you have Netflix, you have all these uh, streaming services now, YouTube videos are getting with much more quality and much more readily available. You know, there's just infinite choices to cleanse your your boredom. But the, the argument no one makes is like, should we even be trying to stop that boredom? Should yeah. we like feel it a little bit in our lives? And, and yeah, and... Yeah, because at the end of the day, like if you're, if we're always stepping, and actually no, I'm gonna, I think I should go maybe more into the practical side now of um, how to implement this deep work. I think it would be some nice practices. And for me, I think a crucial one is like diving more into the practicality. Like we know this is important, but how do we apply this into your own lives? And for me, the most critical one, the one that I, I couldn't do without is like morning routine before work. In my case, it's morning, but it's like a routine that you do before your most important work. In my case, it's cold shower, read, meditate, and then I go have a coffee and I, I do the work. And it's like that because the connections in my brain have been doing that for so long. It's like it's fast. It's like after the meditation is done, my brain is like work. It's not like YouTube. It's not Instagram. It's work. And to me, that's that's where I would start with all of this. Yeah, let me think. Is that what I would start? yeah that's what i would start um because it's very simple to implement just morning routine or afternoon routine or whatever just like pre-workout routine work not yeah. workout but pre-work routine yeah that's what i would go for routine, you know it's like before you go into your daily life and yeah i feel the same way because it's one of those things that i can talk about the benefits it has brought because it's the thing i've been most consistent with since this the beginning of this whole yeah. self-help thing you know the, the morning routine is the thing that has stuck with me uh, to it all, you know, the, it's almost the same, you know, it's waking up, journaling, showering, and, and then meditating. And it's one of those things that it, you, I think, because I've had times where I didn't do them, and I don't immediately, immediately yeah. notice the difference, but it's something that quickly gets out of hand, and then you notice the, the difference of not having that routine in place, mm -hmm. you know. Your life is just much more chaotic. It's it's like you I at least with me I feel a lot less in control and much more uh, at the will of those kind of like desires to of distraction of like just going scrolling to social media and watching videos and and all, all those things and so also going in, into that I think one of the biggest things for me and for what he and actually what he also refers in the book is limiting your social media time you know it's become uh, a, something that's I think everyone needs, man. It's just such a... At least people, young people, man, it's like everyone's using Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and Facebook at least for two hours a day, man. Yes, and that's... It's quite, quite it's crazy. That's a lot of time. That, like, when, every time someone says I'm busy, I don't believe it automatically because just because of that statistic, you know? Because yeah. that's three hours that you could be using. And then, yeah, if you think about it, what could I do... Not even let's not put the three hours. What could I do if I just took thirty minutes per day and applied it into something yeah. productive? Like in what? Like if you, that's why we should put it to this shit in the long term. If you apply that over one year, over five years, where the fuck would you be? 
or if you could apply one hour every day to your craft, you'd be a fucking expert in five years, at the bare minimum. And and it's crazy to think because everyone's always saying, oh, I don't have time, that's too hard. It's like, bro, it's it's not that. It's not, It's because it's very easy to assume that it's there's something wrong with us or that the ones who achieve it are different. They're not different. They just, um, okay, there's natural talent, of course. But for the most part is that they just add different habits than you did. <coughs> they just set different things in place. And it's not even that many things. Like the, I think it's, what's this guy's name? The, the writer from the blog, Wait But Why? Um, I can't remember his name right now. But he argues that, for example, a professional writer's life and a normal person's lives, they only defer in like 20% of the time. It's like the time they're writing. Because the rest yeah. of it can literally be the same. You can just you can scroll Instagram and you can do all these things. But the, the problem, like you said, with social media is that a lot of us use our free time on that. It's like we get home from work or from school. And instead of going do something that is going to move our life forward or develop some ability... We just end up, you know, scrolling through meme pages and not doing anything. Yeah, it's like we're literally doing nothing. Yeah. It's weird. It's like if you try to describe what you're doing while you are scrolling to social media, it's like 90%, 99% of it is a void that you can't even explain. You know, it's yeah. just, it's like, it's this, it's like a, this combination of you and your primal desires with like kind of, I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a weird thing to describe, even looking at myself in, in my own life. Like, what am I doing when I am scrolling to, the, to those yeah. pages, to, <laughs> yeah. to YouTube? Like, what am I doing, you know? I can't remember what the fuck I'm doing in, in those hours. Yeah. And that's something to consider, you know, for, for everyone to consider. Because at, when it comes to a point where you have something in your life that you can't even describe the, the value that it brings to you, it's... I mean, it's something to question, you know, at the least it's something to question because, and it's, when it's a normal practice, man, that's, that's something weird. That's quite, kind of com coming from a book of Aldous Huxley, you know, yeah. it kind of reminds me of, it's like this, it's like we develop this thing that um, like consumes people's time, you know, it's like, it, it almost sounds like a plot from a, a diabolical villain, you know, haha, yeah. <laughs> I made this device that robs three hours of your day. Yeah, yeah because you it's like, it's like you just, you just want time to go by. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's. Yeah. For the, it's so sad, man. Yeah. Really, if you think about it, it's sad. You're you're waiting for life to pass so you can go to sleep yeah. and start man, it over. That's just so, um, and it really puts it into perspective because a lot of people I went to school with and that now are either finishing university or getting jobs or still in university. It's crazy to see how how normal that is. And not, I'm not gonna do the the yeah. argument of like fuck a nine to five job, bro. That's not it because there's plenty of room for growth and you know, meaning in a nine-to-five job. That's not what I'm saying. It's just how people don't give importance to it and they don't strive for anything. It's like, in Portugal, it's like, if you earn, I don't know, like, let's say a thousand dollars, euros per month, it's like, oh, you're kind of decent. So, and then people don't try for more. They want more, but they don't try because they don't, they don't think anyone would approve or that people believe that would be possible. And it's, it's just so set to see no one questioning anything. And people, you know, like you said, if you apply these fucking three hours per day on anything else other than this, your life would probably be much better in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. It, it's like, it's not even an argument, you know. So I think, yeah, like, I think now we go into how do you allocate this, like, these three hours of your day? How do you start to make them yeah. uh, useful hours in your, in, in your day? And I think we have to go back to the, 
kind of the, uh, to the book Atomic Habits. I think it's one of the best books that yeah, really yeah, sure. provides like a concrete plan to how, how do you solve this bad habit, you know? And small steps, I guess I, I, we always, I have to always reiterate this thing. It's, it's like with small steps, you know, if you're, if you're scrolling to Instagram three hours, cut it to two hours, yeah. you know, or two hours and a half, you know? And because if you do that for a week and then the next week you cut another hour and the next week another hour, you eventually get to the you, you solve the problem you know it just takes uh, like another an extra month and it, it's not even an extra month because the other way around you would have like yeah, maybe done it you for can't even compare and then given up so you solve it permanently and that's what we're after you know we're not after we're not after like this ups yeah. and downs it's like something consistent so i would boil it down to planning proper planning it's what i would call it which is that and not only because when you look at planning I don't, you shouldn't be looking at this as something, yeah, I'm just going to do this now and then it's solved. It's, for me, it's something you should be adopting as something for life. Like for me, I, I do planning every week just to see, like planning my week. And I can, with 100%, without a doubt, say that's the, the habit that most changed my life. It's just planning my week. It's just going over everything, prioritizing what I have to do and then doing it. And then the next week again, and then just repeating this week after week. Because number one, the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more you understand how you work and when you fail and how to adapt to those things. And then it gives you, in my situation, a great sense of control. And by having that control over my life, I have much more meaning because I feel like I'm in control of my life. I'm not just going with the tide. But then, like you said, it all comes down to how do you do it properly? And yeah, you need to be willing to suffer for that first two, first one, two months of no progress at all or what feels like no progress at all and i, I even think it's in the book yeah. it gives the example of the ice cube i think this is from atomic habits yeah where yeah, it's um where it's like imagine you have a an ice cube in the room of minus five celsius degrees and you want to the, the ice cube to start melting and you know this happens at zero degrees it starts to melt so imagine the more effort you put the more it goes towards zero just to apply this to our goals so what a lot of times happens is we're putting a lot of effort and it goes to minus four and visually there is no results. And then to minus three, you don't see any results. There is progress, but you don't see results. Minus two, same thing. Minus one, the same thing. And a lot of times what happens is because we don't plan properly, because we're not looking at the long term, we give up in the minus one. We give up before we, we were so close to seeing results and we give up just before that. And then we see no results. And a big thing for me that I think I was talking to this today also in the mentoring program a mentoring call is that we look at the wrong things we if we go to the gym we're looking at how many pounds did i weigh did i lose we, we're not looking at did i stick to my schedule because if we're looking at did i stick to the schedule then we can see the the change from minus five to minus four to minus three we're not just looking at the zero and when we get there um i think it's it's like it's proper planning step by step and then looking at and defining you know um, success, it's just how do you define success? If you define success as sticking to your rituals, then you can always win. It always depends on you. But if success is an end goal exterior to yourself, because there's a lot of factors that, you know, outside of you that impact that, then you can, you're always, you know, you're never in control. And because you're never in control, you, you're going to give up on that because you feel like you're just being dragged by life towards this thing. So for me, it's just to summarize step by step plan focus on the right things when looking at success that's pretty much it for this yeah. step I, th 
I agree with that. The, the point that you 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 first need to reframe what is success, yeah. but then getting into the, the planning uh, stage, I think in that stage, I think where where people fail is they aren't concrete enough with their yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah, sure. it, it isn't a bulletproof thing, you know. And I feel like most people saying like it, it, New Year was just a, a few a few weeks ago. And what what do people say? I'm gonna lose. Uh, I'm gonna lose this amount, this X amount of pounds. I'm gonna become more healthy. I'm gonna walk more, go to the gym, whatever. And they just say that, you know. But you saying I'm gonna go to the gym this year isn't a fucking yeah. plan. Yeah. You know, it's just a statement you throw into the air. And there's so many ways that plan can go wrong yeah. because you haven't planned it at all. You know, it's and that's why most people. That's what, you want to know why New Year's resolutions fail. That's why because it isn't a, a plan that takes into account. The, the people's yep. lifestyle um, and the, the potential things that can go wrong, and you know, if you don't plan those things, they like you. You can't expect for you you are out of like willpower just to make changes. Forget that. That's yeah. bullshit. You know. Yeah, completely. Willpower. It's. it's... Yeah, it, that's like just been completely like. I think we have gotten to a point in the self help industry where it's like, forget that. You know, forget willpower. Yeah. You know, that's like the thing you should be least uh, uh, dependent on for you to make changes in your life, you know? And so how do you really make those changes? You know, it's about making plans, but making them in a way that they, they are realistic. You know, they, they, it's like you, instead of saying, I'm going to be more healthy, say, no, I'm going to go for a walk every time I, after a meal for 10 minutes, or, or I'm going to, uh, at Monday, Monday morning before, before taking breakfast, I'm going to walk around the block, you know, have something concrete, you know, just don't just say, I'm going to be more healthy plan, whatever makes you more yeah, healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing, like, I'm going to move a bit forward. I think a lot of times what is also lacking is that we we go into a plan without taking into account all the shit that we've accumulated to this point, all the bad habits, all the, you know, all the negative shit. And I think that as a first step, even before you plan t- towards your success, you should plan to deal with all this shit. You should plan to deal with your procrastinating habits. You should deal with these kind of if you want to save money, you're always overspending. Why Why is that? And because a lot of people and a lot of times we know the right thing, but we do the opposite. And so it's not a thing of of knowing or planning for the right thing. At, at this point, I think it's first we need to deal with those, you know, what are the bad habits that we've accumulated so far? And how do we, you know, I think it's like always dealing with that and going towards your goals. But I feel like a lot of times, if we don't deal with that, we're just relying, like you said, on self, um, on like self-discipline to, you know, not procrastinate or to not, not succumb to these um, impulses that we've kind of gathered and we don't know why. Or even because the thing is not to remove them, is how do you set everything around you so that they don't destroy your progress kind of thing. It's like, if you're always checking your phone when he's next to you on your desk, maybe you shouldn't have it on your desk. Hmm. <laughs> Or maybe, you know, it's like, deal with those things. Yeah, make your life yeah, easy, exactly. you know. That, that is, instead of relying on willpower to not look at the message, rely on you putting the phone in a fucking drawer and not looking at it, you know. It's a much safer uh, strategy than just relying on your willpower. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because, like, like willpower, it's limited. And it's always kind of, it's yeah. dependent on what you say to yourself. So if you say that you're going to be motivated, you can also say that you're not going to do the thing. It's very... Yeah, it's dependent on so many things. Yeah. If you're tired, if you're hungry. You know, it's it's such a fickle thing. You know, motivation in general, it's such a fickle thing. You, you can... That's why, like, any successful person, 
doesn't give a shit about yeah. motivation. And that's why, because they know that it comes and goes. And at the end of the day, if you're really a successful person, it, it, it doesn't even matter, you know? Motivation doesn't yeah. even matter. It's good when it comes. When it's not there, it's whatever. You still do yeah. whatever you need to do. And that only comes, and I'm, I feel like I'm bashing in the same thing, but planning, you know? And I think this is something I'm, I'm being so vocal about because I, I think I took, I, it took so long to figure it out, you know? I, I used to think it was just a matter of you being hard and, and just being strong and just doing things, brute forcing your way to life. And man, that's not true. You know, most people can't do that because like you said, uh, um, self-discipline, uh, uh, willpower is yep. limited. You know, you only have access to a certain amount of it through, throughout your day. And so it's it's really boils down to to previously defining the the environment around you and in building it in a way that makes it easier for you to make good yep. choices and the thing i'll go to the point where i think we can finish on that after you plan it's the here is the critical part for me is how do you stick to the fucking plan and not only how do you stick but how do you adjust as you go because we can have the best perfect step-by-step -step plan but if you don't stick to it, it doesn't matter. And of course, setting a good plan is halfway there to sticking to it. Like, you know, starting very slow and increasing and all that. But I do feel like one of the biggest things for me is accountability. Because I know, for example, the only way we've been able to grow this page so much and keep count is because there's accountability. Because <laughs> yeah. if there wasn't, it's just so easy to... There needs to be a, a... You need to feel a risk... You need to feel that there is a risk, a consequence by not doing the, that thing. There needs to be, at least in the beginning when you're setting these habits, even if it's like you give $100 to your friend and then you say you can only give it back to you if you take a pick in the gym that day of you working out, if that's what you want to do. It's because until the habit is set, it's much easier to go back to your old ways. That's just you know how we work because you have the habit of not doing that thing. When you start, you don't. You have not developed it yet. So... For me, I would say it's like sticking to the plan. A big part is accountability. Then it's environment. It's making sure your environment is not dragging you down. It's If you want to lose weight and eat healthy, you're not going to have Cheetos around your house. You're not going to, you know, maybe you're... Yeah. You're going to hang out yeah. with people that regularly... Like The best case example for that is like someone who smokes, you know. If you are still surrounded with people that smoke, you know, it makes it 10 times harder and it's kind of a, a difficult thing to come to terms with but the people around you really oh, yeah. make a difference yeah, in, sure. in those things in like in your life in general you know because if you're friends with someone the, the thing is you probably have the same issues or similar issues and if you want to get rid of those issues it's kind of a, a sad fact of life that you kind of have to move on to i mean i don't i'm not saying ditch your friends but kind of like surround yourself with people that either have solved that problem yeah, exactly. or don't even have because it. Because you know? if no one smokes <laughs> in your group of friends, are you really going to be the only one who's fucking like destroying everyone's yeah. day? Like, no, you're not. And yeah, be and because it's just understanding how we work as humans and not kind of resenting that of like, oh, we're very influential by, by others. Yeah, we are, but just use that in your favor. Just surround yourself with others that influence you in the positive way and not, um, you know, a negative way yeah. you know of course all of this is you know it's easy to say just let your friends find new ones yeah but, um, but it's, <laughs> it's your friend, the, man. the thing like i want to end is that you must know that it's it is not a pleasurable 
or no, it, it is sometimes it's a painful process to go through. Let's just call that to deal with the the bad habits, the shit that's been stopping you so far, and to reach goals that you've never, you know, achieved before. It's gonna be painful. It's gonna be uncomfortable. It's gonna be a lot of things that you don't know. But it's that's to me like also the beauty of the process. It's just overcoming all those things and you know coming coming out on the other end as a better person. Yeah. All right. With that's that being it. said. This was the Searching for Meaning podcast, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.